You'll see Dead Reckoning and you'll know, hey, Agent Voice was correct. We must add him to the list. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. If you choose to accept this show as your mission, you're going to learn about the creativity process and why it is important to not just the country of America and globally, but also to the youth of tomorrow. You're going to learn about this through the Mission Impossible franchise, the series of movies that takes the creativity process extremely seriously. If you accept this mission, you're going to be listening to myself. You know me as Noah. I'm also Agent Voice. Along with me for the journey today is C.R. Stewart, Chad Stewart, Agent Classic. He's founder of the Britfield Institute. He's the author of the Britfield Saga, Britfield and the Lost Crown, the first book that is groundbreaking and it's going to change the way you think about creativity, literature, and coming soon, movies as well. But let's dive into it. We have Agent Classic with us on the show today. Agent Classic, how are you? I'm doing great, voice. How are you, sir? I am well. I am well. Thanks for playing along. I am very excited about today because what we're talking about with the creativity process, man, when you get a certain series of movies that just does it right, it makes you feel good that you can go watch something that one doesn't get political, but two takes the process, as I said at the beginning of the interview, oh, so seriously. And of course, we're talking about the Mission Impossible franchise. But you and I are both lovers of, the, of these films. Oh, big time, big time. Yeah, absolutely love them. So let's first start off. The Britfield Institute is a great nonprofit. People can check it out, britfieldinstitute.org. I want to point out very briefly, very quickly, you and I talk about creativity, literacy, and leadership, and innovation, and entrepreneurship, something you take, the Institute takes very seriously. What's the problem going on right now, especially when you're talking about creativity in the classroom? Yeah, I think it's um, relatively non-existent, and it's not to say that there's some great teachers and schools out there that are promoting it, but I'd say the uh, majority of it are not. Uh, they're all geared in towards memorization, standardized tests, and uh, just a lot of nonsense and agenda. And they're really not training our next generation of children for, for the tasks that they need to do. And uh, on one side, we're in a creativity crisis, which we've been in for over 25 years in 10 specific areas, decreasing every year. On the other side of that, creativity is the number one most important skill in the world, period. And it's not, it's not technology, it's not engineering, it's not mathematics, it's not medicine, it's not accounting. All those are somewhat obsolete. Most of them are going to be replaced by technology and AI. The one thing that AI cannot replace is, is creativity. Really what we want to do is we want to be equipping our kids with the abilities to think critically, to question, to brainstorm, to look at things from a different angle, to be inventive, independent inventive, entrepreneurial children. And that's really what we're promoting and we'll continue to promote. And if you guys want to come along the Britfield Institute and find out why schools are killing creativity and how through sponsoring the Britfield Institute, you can help creative processes be fed to the next generation. I mean, this is something that takes a couple of phases to actually get to happen. And you can find out all about that BritfieldInstitute.org. Sign up for a sponsorship with Chad and the foundation. And I have to tell you that the Institute, rather, they do tremendous work. And it really is going to be taken to the next level rather shortly. Speaking of next level, I think the Mission Impossible franchise, I've always believed this, Chad, is next level when it comes to creativity. The way that they go about making these movies, the stories are well-crafted. 
the way, yeah. of course, they're very high action, fast paced. And the stunt work, I mean, even since the very first original one, MI, Mission Impossible, are next level. And they seem to always kind of one up as they go along. This is the way these movies are made from the creative process alone. Every movie, even if it's a drama, if it's a comedy, should look at this. They take the craft very seriously. There's no politics injected. It's very, very well crafted as far as storytelling, character arcs, character developments, special effects. Sometimes they can be overblown, but I think that's what makes it exciting. Absolutely. I think I think it's probably the most uh, successful and masterful crafted action series uh, in history, taking it from the first one and now to the most recent one that you saw. I think I think a couple of things that make it I love I love your overview of that, too. Number one, they're well-crafted stories. So it's, it's really they're well written. It's a good story. It's an interesting story. It's not just a fact of it being believable, which I think in one level is very important. If you're going to go to a movie and, and watch Star Wars, it's like, okay, I get it. It's, you know, I mean, you're suspending your reality. But what is quite interesting, and take it from a researcher and a, and a historian, pretty much everything they're covering is fact. Um, it might not be current news, but everything, every crisis that they're covering from, um, you know, Mission Possible number two and the uh, deadly virus, which is very true and have been developed and they continue to develop things like that to the technology overtake to, you know, you name it. Uh, these are real issues that are happening or will happen on the surface or, you know, below. And so what I like about it is it's a, it's a real action. They're real action movies, number one. They're believable. And I know it's a little bit of suspended, but I mean, it's, it's believable. Yeah, it's and maybe true. it's exaggerated yeah. in certain ways. And of course, that yeah. is just the one of the golden things we love about movie making. But yeah, the topics are things that we deal with in the real world. One thing I love about the Mission Impossible franchise is they don't rely on computer generation. I mean, you have yeah. uh, what I who I call the last American action hero, Tom Cruise, going yeah. out there and doing all of the stunts. And uh, someone sent me something the other day that I think was my son that I giggled at. A lot of times you see the side-by-side comparison. Hey, this is what it looks like on the big screen. This is what it looks like before the special effects. And he sent me one of Tom Cruise doing a stunt from Rogue Nation. And it's like, literally, it's exactly the same on both sides because they want that <laughs> feel. They want that real world yeah. feel, not just about location, but about what they're actually doing is actually happening. Yeah, I agree. And I love what you said on uh previous interview that we did and, and you said that it's just the authenticity it's that authenticity and and yeah i guess what i'm saying is too is like yes yeah, it might be a little bit suspended but but it's but it's real and and when he gets hurt he gets hurt when he gets hit he gets hit he's not bulletproof it's not the terminator right it's not an action hero movie it's not rambo you know that's like killing and taking on hundreds of people and you know i mean it's just it's it's that kind of real authenticity and, and i love that and he just he, what i love about it too and i think we talked about this previously it's like how, how do you keep i mean he's done he's done some exceptional films and and stories so so now what do you do like how do you keep it going you've just seen the recent one i haven't seen it yet so you're going to talk a little bit about that but um you were like you were blown away you were definitely impressed i think we were talking about this too before you saw it but we both knew because of the consistent quality of it, we knew that we could trust that it was going to be fantastic. Well, and that's the thing. Like I am the hugest Indiana Jones fan in the world. And I have Mm -hmm. to tell you Raiders of the Lost Ark is my second favorite film of all time next to Maverick. And I walked into Indy excited, but I knew just based off of things that I have heard, I wasn't thoroughly going to enjoy this movie the way I wanted to. And that was a little bit disappointing to me. And it was accurate. I knew 
regardless of where it maybe fell in the ranking of the Mission Impossible series, I was 100% going to enjoy this movie for the action movie that it is, for the creativity that's within the process of just the way that they made the movie, and just that Tom Cruise puts all of his heart and soul into this. He did another pre-movie Thanks for coming out to the theaters. We take, you know, great pride in making these movies for you. Of course, I'm summarizing, but I really believe that from them. They really take this craft oh so seriously. Absolutely. I, I was thinking, too, as you're talking, you know, it's interesting. A, a qualifier is, is, is uh, how good is a movie is would you buy it? Would you own it like as a DVD or, or part of your download? library and and yes of course i have all the all the mission impossible movies could you watch them every year absolutely right i mean i i pull those out every year i start at number one and come all the way through because it's just it's they're, they're so enjoyable it's such great action it's great it's great storytelling and uh, and they're a lot it's just a lot of fun and i think i've said this before about him is and it's and this is a real gift but he keeps a slight sense of humor to it you know what I mean? I mean, it's, a, you know, it's not just all intense from start to finish, but there's this, this sliver of, of just his look or something awkward happens or whatever. And it's just a little bit along and the way. And they use it in every single movie in a different way. Yeah. And it's so important because it gives you just a second to just catch your breath or laugh. And then, and then you're back into it, you know, instead of just being intense all the time. And, and that is, that is an art. Um, I, I come from a, from a background of, with, with comedy and improv and it is, it is very difficult to, to get the timing right. And very few have that ability. Well, I'll tell you right now, I mean, it's already seen just in the pre run when it came out, I believe on Tuesday, they dropped it early on Tuesday. And then a lot of the pre-releases on Wednesday uh, before people started seeing it headed into the weekend. Seven million dollars just just alone, Chad, in Tuesday previews, which was like late night Tuesday showings. And that's just incredible. And I really think this is going to be one that is it might not have Maverick status, but I think you're going to see it try and creep up on a billion dollars. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. So I've got to see it. Um, I would have seen it with you. Couldn't do that time frame, but looking forward to seeing it with you next week if, if you're available. So yeah, definitely uh, going to be doing that with you. List. I'll tell you like, what my non-spoiler yeah. review is for it, and then you can just give me your okay. thoughts. And the best part about it that I could say, and you and I talk about the storytelling process, by the way, Chad, see our classic Stuart with us, Agent Classic, talking about Mission Impossible, the franchise, the creativity process, and now Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. If you'd like to find out more about the Britfield saga, go to Britfield.com. Was the pacing of this movie, Chad? It was a two-hour, about 45-minute movie. I think it was just under that, just a hair. And you would think, okay, it's going to be long in the tooth. There's going to be parts of it you think a little bit too slow. They could have cut this out. They could have cut that out. It felt like a 90-minute movie. I never mm. felt exhausted. I enjoyed, and I'm not exaggerating in any way, I enjoyed every second of it. And by the wow. end, it wrapped it up in a nice little bow. It is part one. There was no huge cliffhanger, but it could be a semi-standalone movie. It left me wanting more, and I didn't feel exhausted. It was, the pacing was perfect, dare I say. 245, too. Wow, right? Uh, but that, that's exactly what you would expect from, from Tom Cruise and, and this type of... Uh, series right you sit down and you just you're just in it and and it's like whether it goes two hours goes two and a half hours it's just yeah most but i would say most movies and this is where they you know they succeed most movies if you pass that two and a half hour mark 
There's parts of them you could say they could have done without this. They could have done without that. And some people start to get bored. Not with this movie. And these guys know it better than anyone, right? I mean, they could get away with two hours to 15 minutes and still make the billion dollars. Do you know what I mean? But they're, they're going to make this movie. They're going to tell their story exactly how it needs to be told. Not a minute more, not a minute less. And that says a lot. And as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, because I'm writing Britfield and the Eastern Empire book four right now. And everything in these, in these books is action-based. And so I, I, you know, you're talking to hopefully soon to be a master storyteller with the Britfield series, but I'm, I'm writing adult books for a young adult audience and I'm using every device and every technique. I try to keep these things as authentic and real, real locations, you name it. I'm doing research daily as I'm writing this. And I'm saying all of this to, to, to come back to, you know, I think there's parallels with the Mission Impossible. And I watched it before I started book four to get motivated and get ideas. I watched, you know, all, was it six? All six of the movies back to back, you know, one every night. And it was just great. And then I did the James Bond movies. But just it just gets me into that kind of mode. And so, like, I'm using these things as inspiration for my writing children's young adult novels. Yeah, it's spectacular. And and I absolutely love it because I my friend, uh, secret agent that's going to be joining us on the show momentarily, was a little late to the movie and he comes running in and he sits down and he might even explain this in brief. As he sits down, you see the kind of Mission Impossible introduction that they do for every movie and they start showing you know, little clips of the movie. And he's like, ah, oh, I made it. All right. I was like, no, you just missed the world's longest opening. There's about a 15 to 20 minute oh. opening before you even get the beginning credits, Chad. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay, cool. Which is, it's it's awesome because I'm like, oh, I don't think they're going to get to it. They're just going to go straight into the movie. And it was a little <laughs> prologue that fit perfectly into it. And it's it, it sucks you right in. Wow. And what is good about this movie is it's based off of a very current topic. You said sometimes they're a little bit behind. Talks about AI, artificial oh, no, 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 intelligence, no, no, not, not why we yeah. everybody's kind of on a race to get to the top of it. They want to be, you know, the number one. But it also is a very cautionary tale and it shows what can actually happen if it A, falls into the wrong hands or B, maybe it starts to live a life of its own that uh, we didn't expect. Yeah, what I was saying, too, is, uh, is that we're, we're a little bit behind in the sense that their movies are already, they're, they're five, ten years ahead of, of where we're at. Gotcha. With, with what's mainstream. I do deep dives and into my research. So I know, I know what's happening. And so eventually it comes out three to five years later. James Bond is very similar to that. Uh, if you want to really know what's going on behind the curtain, watch the James Bond movies or watch the mission impossible movies. They're telling you what's happening, what they're doing. Um, it's funny too, when you're talking about AI and I was just thinking about war games, Matthew Broderick, and it's like, you know, full circle 50 years, 60 years later. So even if you're not a big mission impossible fan, if AI fascinates you and you're a little worried about where it might go, go see this movie because it's a very, again, cautionary tale. It really tells you some of the things. Maybe, again, it's a little bit fantasized. It is an action movie, but this is something we should all be paying attention to. I have to tell you, the stunts in this movie, I didn't think were going to be, I mean, I knew what was coming, but I didn't think it was going to hit me like it did. Ghost Protocol, which is my favorite Mission Impossible movie to date mm-hmm. because of the, uh, I always say it wrong, the Burj Khalifa tallest building scaling scene which was just (laughs) outstanding and it still held at the top of the franchise for me it was outdone Uh, there's a couple of different 
scenes in this one when he launches himself it's this is no spoiler off of a cliff on uh only riding a motorbike to parachute into a canyon below i mean you're just like gasping for air i my goodness i can't believe he did that and there's a couple of other scenes too that this was really next level everything in this movie uh you're going to see about two or three stunts chad that i think you're going to enjoy Oh, I love it. Yeah, I just say, when you're talking about that movie, I, I got that visual where he's out there with his little suction hands. <laughs> and one of them starts to uh, yeah. malfunction, shall we say. And you're like, okay, he's climbing this movie, real life, or this building, yeah. excuse me, one hand, one tech glove, and you're actually fearing for his life as you're watching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have yeah. a favorite stunt while we're talking about it in the franchise? Um. No, but we're talking about this, and I've always loved Mission Possible 2, uh, the second one. And I think just part of it was, um, it's funny, my cousin had seen it. My cousin had moved to Boston, and I was in Boston for a while. And, and it was so funny, he was giving me the, the full description of it, and he just nailed it, like within 60 seconds. And then I went to go see it, and it was at the time that these sort of synopolises were coming into play. And so I took a friend, and we sat in these luxury chairs and got a great meal and watched it. And I just really, I just loved it too. There was something very cool about it. I mean, he really, he changed, he stepped up his game, everything from the rock climbing scene to the fight scenes. And I really enjoyed the fight scenes. I think in, in Mission Possible 2, we started to see fight scenes that we hadn't seen before with just some of the kicks. And I told you like my favorite was where he runs, the guy's coming towards him. He runs at him. He steps on him, kicks, kicks his head back and then flips around and lands on his feet. <laughs> it's just like, it was just a, a very cool, sophisticated move. Um, the bike scene was off the rails, you know, as he's being chased and he does all these little tricks on the bike. And, um, and then the final fight scene on the, on the, um, on the sand. So yeah. Just, I think uh, and, and for yeah. the, the Burj Khalifa building scale scene with the suction cup gloves, uh, that's why yeah. ghost protocol is at the top for me. Also, you got that really, it's not very action movie like, but you get that relationship with his wife who mm. you believe is no longer part of the equation. And you're shown that he basically let her had to let her go and that he's yeah. still very much in love with her. And the very ending of that film, just checking up on her, being able to glance at her. You know what? That's part of the thing, too, that sets this movie apart. They take their characters and the arcs very seriously. And there's still not a whole lot of, other than number two, which is one of your favorites, there's not a whole lot of romantic interest going on with Ethan Hunt because he still loves his wife that he knows is still out there. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like your typical James Bond and you always introduce the new, you know, woman. And they definitely have some. Yeah, I think it sets it apart for sure. Yeah. And I have to tell you, and that we'll recall my special agent to just a moment. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie directs this film, Dead Reckoning, to perfection. Mm-hmm. I know you have a list. I know Brit Field and The Lost Crown is coming to a theater near you. It's in pre-production. You might want to add this to your list of directors, my friend. I, I think I really enjoy the things that he's doing. It's funny, too, because I was going over uh, uh, my directors today because we're putting together our, our business plan and uh, our choice directors. And I was talking to you about this yesterday, but that's interesting. I have to look into him. I, I was looking at Chris Columbus and I just think he's going to be, a, would be a perfect fit. And Columbus is awesome. A- yeah. JJ Abrams who did uh, mission possible three, which was very cool. And obviously his take on it. 
um, and uh, and then some other heavy hitters. But uh, those were my those were my two two. You'll see runners. Dead Reckoning, and you'll know. Hey, Agent Voice was correct. We must add him to the list. Well, it's interesting because you got to be very careful um, with the director. The director is so key, especially for the Bitfield series, as as with any sort of series or more story. And you don't want to try to mix mix it, you know. And and you have some like I wouldn't hire someone that does the James Bond movies because they're adult action packed thrillers but on the other side of that you look at people that can do something like mission impossible where you have that high octane suspense and they could take something like britfield and and take it to that level and you would and you literally would watch the britfield lost ground movie and feel like you're watching this high octane movie but it, it still has that family friendly child's you know story so uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it'll be, it'll you're, you're going to enjoy yeah. Dead Reckoning. They bring back a couple of characters from previous films, so you'll have to. And oh, from cool. what I hear, that's going to uh, continue with uh, part two as well. Of course, right. Simon Pegg is he's a delight to watch. I love everything that guy does. And it. it's yeah, it's quite the film. It's something that I think they wanted to get out a lot sooner obviously covid hit and they held true to this like they did top gun it hit theaters it didn't hit the streaming platforms and away we go i'm going to list you my to top see. three okay mission impossible films and then i would like to know yours for the reasons i already gave for the tie-ins to his wife that he's still keeping an eye on julia and also for the building scaling of the burj khalifa Ghost Protocol is at the tip top for me. A very mm. close second is Dead Reckoning. Loved everything about it. The direction wow. from Christopher McQuarrie. Tom Cruise obviously produced the movie, acted in the movie. The special effects, again, have now topped that Burj Khalifa scaling. So that's got to fall at number two. And of course, I got to finish number three with the original Mission Impossible because it's so iconic. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm probably going to go with, um, and then Ghost Protocol is at number four. That's number five? four. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, number two, number four, and number one for those same reasons. Number one just being uh, it launched the whole series and it set the whole pace. And and I love all of them. And I love the recent ones and they're great and stuff. And, and you know, certain ones have sentimental value to them or there's just something cool about it as I described with number two. But boy, what a change of pace from one to two. Huge switch, you know. And I got to tell you, Paramount just keeps hitting it, hitting it out of the park. And if, if movie companies are wondering why they're losing money, Take a good look at what Paramount is doing. And I really, truly yeah. mean that. And the type of projects they're coming out with, maybe not all of them, but they're really taking it to the box office and bringing home some serious cash, Chad. And there's a good reason for that. Yeah, that'd be an interesting studio to work with, as you say. <laughs> exactly. I think what we're going to do now, if you'll have to excuse me, I'm going to reach across the phone lines here and uh, dial a certain... Agent Penrod? Agent Dingley. Uh, this is uh, Special Agent Voice, and thank you, Agent Penrod, for joining us here on the show. Of course, you're a fictitious agent, but we welcome you to the show because you have seen my friend. Yes, this is my one of my good friends. Mission Impossible Hello. Dead Reckoning Part 1 with me the other night. How did this hit you, my friend? I know that you... Uh, Thought that you'd made it in time. We've already told the story. You sat down when the uh, the credits at the beginning first hit. And I said, nope, you missed 20 minutes of the movie. But did you enjoy the film? I did, in fact, despite missing the first 15 minutes. I was so What'd tired. you like about it? <laughs> uh, well, I absolutely loved, I think it was one of the, the better written movies, especially in the past 
half year. It definitely, some issues that it dealt with, especially in like the main conflict where that are actually very, I would say, relevant to this day and age of 2023. And um, all the performances were great. The comedic timing was actually quite well done. Yeah, Chad and I were talking about that. Just little hints here and there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the um, a lot of the scenes, it seems like they drag out certain scenes, but it's paced very well and you never get tired because it almost takes like singular moments and it blows them up into very long, very tense, very dramatic scenes. And I love that. So how many stars, if you, I always operate on a five star system. If you had to give this movie a, uh, a ranking, I give it five out of five. Uh, how many stars there, Agent Penrod, would you give Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning? And then we'll have a short question from Chad before we let you go. Obviously, I'm not quite as well versed on Mission Impossible as you guys are, because I've only watched maybe bits and pieces of the first three. And then I watched Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation a long time ago. But as coming at it from a more singular standalone perspective, I would easily give this a four. Ah, pretty strong. Very, very strong there, Agent oh, Penrod. Yeah. And uh, now, uh, Agent Classic, if you'd like to uh, ask my dear friend here, whose real name is Josh, which is totally fine, uh, what, any, anything that you're curious about uh, as far as aspects of the movie that he saw? Well, I love that you mentioned about the storytelling and, and someone that's not even necessarily crafted in that field. Uh, you pick that up and it's and it's like, again, story is everything. Not to sound obvious, but, but you know, I mean, it's been over 100,000 movies, you know, produced in the last uh, 80 years and maybe 250 of them are watchable. I mean, literally. And it's all due to just bad stories. And it's so funny because, and you're talking about those scenes too. And Noah, you were saying how tight it was for for two hours and 45 minutes. And the thing is, is if your entire script word by word, sentence by sentence, isn't tight, it's not going to work itself out. And sometimes it's like, well, we'll, you know what I mean? There's that, that kind of draw. Um, They always call that the midpoint lag. You know what I mean? Or we just need a break here in this scene and everyone's going to kind of just like relax and they're going to chit chat because we're going to get some of that, you know, backstory in and it's like boring and, and, and it never works. And the story will, and the movie will never work unless it works on the, on the the script. You know what I mean? And um, Josh, I had brought that up earlier and I even went a little bit further and you can kind of agree or disagree. But what Chad just brings up there is what I stated earlier. I fell out of this, about two hour and 45 minute movie. You might say that in certain movies, there's okay, cut this out, cut that out. I think every second needed to be on screen. They scripted mm. this to perfection and I wouldn't cut a second of this film. Anything else that you'd like to ask him, Chad, or should we uh, let him get back to his uh, secret mission? Uh, I'll just comment on what you were going to say though, but, uh, but that's, that's true too. Cause you, you'll watch films and I, I don't get into that habit. I just, sometimes I just sit down and watch now if I'm writing in writing motor, I'm looking at it and, and, and analyzing it. It's different, but you, just like you said, it's just like, okay, they could cut the first three minutes, you know, the five minutes, they could, they could get rid of that scene. They could tighten that up. Right. And, and, and you would sort of have like a two hour and 15 minute movie that could be a very, very good two hour movie, which is a lot getting rid of 15 minutes. But like you said, with this, it's like two hours and 45 minutes. I think that's one of the best compliments you could actually give it. Oh, totally. People were asking me different aspects of the movie. And that's the first thing I've been saying the entire time, because I would say even some of my favorite movies, the pacing isn't maybe perfect. Yeah. I would say in this film, Chad, the pacing was perfect. Yeah, the pacing is so key. 
It's okay. Yeah. I agree. Well, Agent Penrod, thank you for joining us on the show, for giving us your small review of, of course, it's not small in its reception and what it stands for, but of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning uh, Part 1. It was good to see it with you, buddy. Before he goes, let me ask, uh, so what, what's your favorite um, or one of or, or top favorite action movies in general? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. <laughs> I actually really like a lot of wuxia films and kung fu films from the 70s. Enter the Dragon is one of my top ones. And then... Wow. Okay. Probably tying that up with, like, if I was to pick, like, an 80s action movie, probably the original Terminator. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Agent Penrod, back to your uh, fictitious secret mission. We appreciate you joining us on the show, (laughs) and maybe we'll have you on again. Of course, my friend. Take care. You as well. Well, Chad, we're going to wrap up. As always, you and I run out of time because there's always so much to talk about. But again, just from a creative standpoint and what we talk about with the Britfield Institute, britfieldinstitute.org, people can hopefully want to come alongside you, make a sponsorship there. It's projects like this, like Dead Reckoning Part 1 from Mission Impossible and the Mission Impossible franchise as a whole that show you exactly how it's done. And again, it doesn't have to be an action movie. It could be a comedy. It could be a drama. But every word is critical. Every moment on screen is critical. Uh, The mood, the tone, you got to bring it all together. And AI also at the front of a lot of these writer strikes and actor strikes, you know, they, they, I think, want limited or no AI involved when it comes to getting their work done. And I can see why. (laughs) Yeah, you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. I was just thinking, uh, you know, movies like this and what we're talking about today about you know just really great action films that I would I would say are just are clean, you know, without the agenda, and uh, and they don't go after the f bombs, which I just think absolutely destroys movies. The great story storytelling, the great wonderfully crafted movies. But if you want, if you're interested in writing, you know, or you're interested in getting in the film business, you don't need to go to film school. Just go watch great movies. You know, and uh, and I saw a quote. Well, and that's why uh, when, when you're doing yeah. some of the stuff for your books coming out, in short, you go back and you watch some of the great film series because it inspires you. It gives you ideas. It does. I watched um, and I watched uh, I remember for book two. I watched back to back again. I watched um, all 24, you know, the series 24, all seven or eight seasons. And then I watched Alias again, all five seasons. And it's like that fired me up. <laughs> so and actually for books. Four, I was watching some of those. I watched all the James Bond movies, which was great. Um, the recent ones. And then uh, with Daniel Craig. And, uh, and then I also was watching Downton Abbey because I was, I, was watching, I, was, I was watching Downton Abbey, which I thought is remarkably well done as storytelling. But I was watching it for character development and fast-paced uh, scenes. Well, thanks for joining us, Chad. And I know people want to find out more. They can go to Britfield.com, find out about Britfield and The Return of the Prince, and also the other two books as well. They can get a couple of free chapters if they're brand new. Just put in their email address. Yes. They'll get a couple of free chapters there. And if they want to become a part of the Britfield Institute, that's Britfield Institute institute.org make a sponsorship there get creativity back into the classroom and thanks for breaking down overall just the mission impossible franchise and why this is kind of the way movies should be made you and i are both on that same page and i appreciate it my friend oh thank you always fun Noah here and across the county again go to brettfield.com and the brettfield institute brettfieldinstitute.org